0: health and well-being, and we combine all the physical aspects, nutritional aspects, as well as the energetic and emotional aspects to well-being. So on this podcast, you guys, you are going to get a variety of information with different topics that can range from brain health all the way to how your energy field impacts your overall health and well-being. Now, let me remind you that we are not giving medical advice on this podcast, and these are just our personal experiences and information that we are sharing. If you do have any physical or any mental challenges going on in your life, we highly recommend that you seek a medical professional that you have a strong relationship with. All right, you guys, we are going to get started. So here we go. Thanks for showing up to another episode of the Happy Whole You podcast, you guys. Today, I have Amelia Zachary with me, and she is the author of Enough, a memoir of mistakes, mania, and motherhood, encompassing themes of family immigration, mental illness, and surviving sexual assault. She is Absolutely amazing. And when she's not writing, she can be found enjoying time with her two rambunctious daughters originally from Malaysia. Amelia now calls Lexington, Kentucky home, and she can be found at AmeliaZachary.com and on Facebook and Instagram at Brown Girl Crazy World. Let's do this. Okay, Amelia, thank you for joining me today on the Happy Holy Podcast.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: Well, your book, Enough, is about to hit the shelves and everyone can order it. And so I'm just excited to have you share with our audience how this book came about and just a little bit about your story because your story is amazing and beautiful and just the courage you have to share it is really, really powerful. So if you want to just jump right in and share with our audience a little bit about yourself.
1: Oh, sure. I was born and raised in Malaysia, and that's where this beautiful accent comes from. I was raised by a very tight-knit family, a very loving family. We were very close to each other. And as time went on, I experienced trauma, and I was diagnosed with mental illness. And even with that relationship that I did have with my family, I was not able to include them in my journey. I couldn't share with them. I, I didn't feel like... I think there was a lot of cultural conditioning around the stigmas with PTSD and mental illness. And I think I believed that I could not share it with them. I couldn't let them down or disappoint them with having being flawed. And so that was my belief because I bought into the stigma. And so I never told them and I never shared with them. And I kind of walked on this journey by myself and... After many years, after the diagnosis and treatment and healing process that took place, almost 20 years later, I found myself in a space of peace and healing and acceptance of what has been. And I found my voice. And I realized that I had been silenced all these years. And there was this this awakening that kind of happened that I realized that I needed to use my voice to help others who are walking the same path as I had. And that was how Enough was born. And I wanted to share that journey with people and for others to be able to say, hey, that's me too. I'm going through the same thing and feel less alone and feel a sense of entitlement to their own lives and own healing journey. And I think Enough, in a nutshell, it's a story about having faith in the unknown and seeing a light at the end of the tunnel, even when it's too dark to be seen. Mm-hmm. So that's that's kind of a little bit about me, a little bit about enough.
0: Yeah, I mean that's so powerful because I think so often when we do have our mental health challenges and I mean almost everybody has at some point in their life a mental health challenge. I mean we I don't think we get through this lifetime got free of of all of the all of this mental health stuff that can take place and some of it you know can be more destructive than others and I think that you know you're right that cultural conditioning that we have and this there's a stigma around mental health and the whole feeling alone like you like you can't talk about it like oh there's something defective in me or there's something wrong with me and you know people wouldn't understand and it can be very very lonely in that space so what brought you to the point of one recognizing that you were you had this internal struggle and two to like go and seek help because I think sometimes people just don't know where to begin they don't know where to start
1: so mine was very clear-cut I was well you'll appear clear-cut when I tell the story it wasn't to me at that point in time where I was very self-destructive and I was I had a lot of maladaptive behaviors I was drinking I was promiscuous I would skip out on work I would I, there was a lot of risky behavior and I did not realize that those things were actual symptoms of an illness I thought that I was just acting out because I was having a difficult time but at that time I was with my my husband, well, now he's my husband. We were dating at the time. And he pointed out that these behaviors are not healthy behaviors. These are self-destructive behaviors, and they're leading me down a path that was that I might not be able to dig myself out of. And he suggested that um, I, I seek a professional help. And I was resistant. I didn't believe in it because I thought that it was all the stigma around it again, I believe that it was all in the mind. And like, we have control over what we think of. And like, we had control over our thoughts and beliefs. And so I thought it was a matter of modifying that by myself. Mm. But in the end, he we came to an agreement that I would seek professional help. And I did. And then I I was resistant. I was still resistant. I was very stubborn. <laughs> it was very difficult to get me to listen like, hey, there's something wrong. But then like, as we went on and I understood a lot more about what therapy was, I think a lot of it also had to do with the lack of understanding and lack of awareness yeah. about mental health altogether. We don't mm-hmm. talk about it enough that that I would, mm-hmm. under, I would have. Well, at the time, it was difficult for me to understand what therapy was. Talking oh, to God. someone was going to fix things. I didn't understand that. What goes on in therapy how do you how do you even how do you even partake in therapy i didn't have any of this information and that is kind of why i talk about it a lot now because i believe that the more we talk about it the more it's going to help people and so i through the first few sessions i kind of resisted and i didn't want to listen or i didn't want to participate Mm -hmm. but but I was still kind of listening in the background and yeah. I, under, I, started, I started understanding what it was about. And then I realized that this was talking to somebody who was skilled at a particular specific illness. And he was able to give me tools. And I tried those tools and then it worked. And then he gave me more tools. And over the years, after getting so many tools and for using them and then finding that they were actually helping, that convinced me. Yeah. There was something to this therapy and like it's more than just talking to somebody.
0: Yeah, and I, I think like you nailed it on the head there because, you know, when we get help, it can look different for each person. And the very thing that may have helped you may not be the very thing that's gonna help the next person, but just being open to the suggestion and to trying something different, to trying something new. And I'm giggling inside because I I remember when i was younger and i went to a counselor for the very first time i was mad at the world i was mad at my parents and i was so resistant and i literally just sat there and was like so angry it was like my ego was like preventing me from even getting support because i was like oh this person thinks something's wrong with me and nothing's wrong with me but i was like the most angry person in the world and it was like so crazy and it and I and I resisted that for a very long time and it wasn't until years later that I finally started to seek you know different types of therapy and get my help so I think that you're right like bringing awareness around it and it's it may not just be talk therapy but it's the tools that you can get with talking with someone else that is trained and skilled to support you but it's being open to it is... I think
1: you brought up a good point also about the acceptance right I think it is a big factor in in healing being able to be open to open to healing and like be pre- it's kind of preparing yourself for healing and being able to accept that you are in a place that needs healing and that mm-hmm. you are open to receiving it and then walking the path I think being in the right time with the right mix is really important and Being open is a huge part of it.
0: Yeah. You know, I love that your husband said to you. I love that he said your behaviors were not healthy versus saying your behaviors aren't normal. Yeah. Because I think when, you know, when people say, oh, well, that's not normal. It's like, well, what is normal? What is? Yeah. But when you switch that out to saying, you know, what you're doing isn't very healthy. It kind of like you, it's softer and it makes you kind of look within more. So I think that was a really I powerful. I
1: think it, it's, it's the truth for us, right? It's not what health, what, what does normal mean? Like number one, how do you define what's normal? Right. And then like being, looking at it in a, a healthy perspective give, gives you more control over the situation. I, am, I have control over my health and like I can seek out ways to improve my health
0: yeah yeah so true so let's go on that little normal kick because when we talked a couple of weeks ago i just love how you shared you know you're you're a parent and you're a mom and you had just said something i just remember you talking about like you had to find your way of parenting with your brain type and what you've been through and that you know you you had to stop comparing yourself to quote unquote normal parenting or, you know, whatever society or Instagram's putting out there. And so I think that, that like normal is like such a funny word because I don't know if there's really any such thing as normal because we're all so individual, so different. But what was that like for you to, okay, so you started to change, you know, your behaviors to become more healthy behaviors. You started to have awareness, you started to have these tools and these things and then you were married and then now throw some kids in the mix because mental health diagnosis aside, being a parent is like, there is, I know a lot of people try to write books on how to parent, but I mean, there's really no true manual for parenting. (laughs) There
1: isn't. I, I think there's like, there's so much noise around parenting Everyone has an idea of how it's done um, and how it's done right and how all these recommended practices for you to have a happy, healthy family. And as new parents, I think we are so, this is one of the most important things we will ever do in life is being a parent and like yeah. raising children Um, for those of us who choose to. I think this, this, this becomes one of those things that are the most important thing um, that we do in life and so we want to get it right and so we read and we listen and we 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 read every book we listen to every podcast we watch every documentary we watch every movie um, whatever it is that can help us and i think i got caught into that heightened because i knew that i would have challenges that i i, I would have challenge i i was already on a trajectory of like healing and like being in a healthy base state balanced state and having children, I knew was gonna take a toll on me, and so yeah, I no was balance do- with children no like so so we so you find out once you have children, it's not something that you know before you have children, right? So when I had my first daughter my my kids are pretty close in age, so they were toddlers around the same time. And so I was, like, practicing everything I heard every, from every mom group, every mom friend that I was making. They were doing gentle parenting, positive parenting, whatever parenting that uh, they were doing. Like, I was trying to incorporate all these things into my life, into my children. And then I realized that I was burning out and that wasn't working out for my family. And, like, we started piecing things together, right, and finding our normal. What was, what, what, what was healthy for our family, this happy, healthy family can be had. And through, through parenting, I learned, I learned this very important lesson, that there is no right way and that the right way means that we are happy and that we are satisfied with the life that we were living. And so I kind of did that with my kids. And the way I raised my kids is very – there's no one philosophy – everything changes day by day depending on like what issues present themselves and I was able to I was able to meet things head-on address issues address concerns and like I believe that that it's possible that uh uh, parenting while having a mental illness but well I, I don't know if I said this before but I have bipolar disorder and that means a lot of mood shifts and mood swings and it doesn't happen overnight, like today I'm happy, tomorrow I'm sad, or oh, this minute I'm happy, that minute I'm sad. It kind of lasts a few days or weeks on end, and sometimes months on end even. And so I had to learn to tailor my parenting while I was in those episodes. And so that meant that there was no one philosophy that was going to stick for my family. And I was, ex- I was accepting of the fact that it was okay that I was going to be, it was going to be dynamic, I was going to like adjust my parenting according to my episodes. And then that also created an environment where we were transparent with the children. I was able to, when my children were a little bit older, not very much older. I think when my oldest daughter was about five or six, we had the conversation with her because she started asking questions. She was trying to understand why I was sad or understand why I was isolating myself sometimes because sometimes I need to step away I'm, when I'm, I'm having a bout of hypomania, I kind of find myself very irritable and very short-tempered. And so adjustments that I have to make is I step away from my family so that yeah. they don't have to like see that. Or sometimes I'm sad and upset and I can't get out of bed. Or sometimes I'm just really quiet. And these are things that the children were noticing. And then we had to talk to them. And, I, and we decided that it was best for our family that we told our children the truth that we will always be honest with them and to their level, what they could understand. And so I explained to them that mommy has an illness. It's called bipolar disorder. And that means that sometimes this thing happens or that thing happens. And it just means that mommy's responding to the illness and we're taking care of it. And it has nothing to do with you. We still love you very, very much. And if you ever feel like I didn't love you, you should come and talk to me. And we'll clear it out because there would never be a a situation that I do not love you, even though sometimes my behavior may look that way to you.
0: That's so powerful. Bipolar disorder or not, I think as parents, that is a very powerful thing to let your child know because like to let them know that no matter what, you will always love them and that they can come to you. So, I think like this
1: is this is kind of a lesson for anybody right anybody anybody whether you have bipolar, like you're saying with bipolar or not but I think like I was pushed into it because of bipolar but I'm learning so many things Lear, learning about how to be a parent and I think that that transparency and honesty and like assurance of love and care oh, is yeah. so
0: important to the children yes uh, so so important and I I, I think too you know A lot of times we can we try to shield our kids from so many things whereas being transparent and you know using that judgment of where your kids at and and everything is 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 important you know age appropriate but you know not hiding behind the things that are going on in our life because kids are really intelligent and they can yeah very perceptive yeah they are so yeah perceptive like it it's, it's incredible and I don't think we give kids enough enough credit I mean even the energy around that we have around an infant whether your child is speaking or not like it's they're very kids are just they absorb everything so I think it's I love that you use transparency with your children and yeah and so powerful thank you <laughs> so you've Figured out, and you continue to figure out day by day, as we all do, sometimes minute by minute, depending on the situation, you know, your way of parenting and, you know, being and existing in the world. And now you have this book that you're sharing with the world. Who's the person that would really benefit from reading your book enough?
1: I think my reader that I had in my mind while I was writing. As someone who is hurting and feeling alone, and I, like that was the person that I was writing to to say, "Hey, look at my story. This is these things happened to me, and it like I'm healing. I'm not completely healed, but I believe that it is possible. I believe that it is achievable. I I believe that healing is a process. I don't yeah. believe there is a destination when it comes to healing. So I think that being able to trust the process. And so I, I want that's my, my ideal, my, not my ideal reader, but the person I was writing to was a, a person who is hurting, who cannot find healing or does not see it yet or is searching but hasn't found it yet. um That's the person I think will benefit the most from reading my book to understand that there are people like us out there.
0: Yeah. And and what do you what would you say to someone who maybe notices something is different about them or shifting in them, or maybe somebody who is witnessing somebody else that is having, you know, these episodes, how, how do you think someone could best support someone in that situation or how they could best support themselves?
1: I, I think you hit another point, like another person also that I, I wrote this for when I wrote this one, I was writing with that person in mind. I was also writing, thinking about my husband He has been a great support system for me, like essential support system for me, so pertinent to my healing and my um, nudging me this direction and supporting me in my healing, being there for me. That's the other person that I hope benefits from this book, to be able to see the realities of living with a mental illness and like the struggles, the challenges, the obstacles in, in place For people who are going through difficult times, it's not just difficult because I'm struggling to do something. Sometimes there are obstacles in my path that make it more and more difficult. And like it's not obvious or apparent to everybody. And so I hope that somebody who is living with somebody who is going through the things that I talk about in the book is able to see those realities and understand better and better be support systems for their loved ones. And I forgot your question.
0: (laughs) No, just ultimately, you know, if somebody is listening and, you know, they, they may notice a friend or a family member with these oh. mood shifts and, you know, it's like, how do you support them in a way that doesn't feel, you know, like they're saying, oh, there's something wrong with you or, hey, you know, your, your moods are shifting like crazy. Like what's wrong with you? Right. Like a gentle, gentle. Yeah kind approach to that person? You know, how, essentially, how would you recommend someone show up for someone else?
1: I think firstly, like, like we were talking about with awareness about illnesses. I mean, when you're initially approaching somebody, there's no diagnosis, there's no true, like, information to say, like, this is what you have, and this is how you need to get help. So I think the most helpful thing that someone can do, if you notice like your loved one, um, being in a position of um, imbalance or not being themselves or not being their healthy selves, I think that was a good, a good way to approach it is from the sense of like healthy being, like you don't you don't look yourself, or I I feel like there's a shift. I wonder if it's something that you want to explore or you need to talk about.
0: Mm -hmm. yeah
1: and sometimes people are open to talking about it a lot of times people are not and that's difficult and so my suggestion is always patience and grace and understanding that it's not something that's difficult that's easy to talk about it is something that's difficult that it, it might take time it might take a lot more than just one conversation It might be conversation and don't force conversations. Don't ever force conversations. Like we need to talk about this. Like you need to tell me this. No, tell me what it is that's going on because we need to fix this. That never helps the person who's going through the difficult situation. What they want to hear is I am going to be here no matter what you tell me.
0: Oh, that's beautiful. I'm going to
1: be, I'm going to be here with you no matter how flawed you think you are. And so that's 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 the assurance security I think that's needed for someone who is going through um, mental illness. I think being able to have that security that they are supported and loved no matter what. And then um, denial will be a big part of it. I think a lot of times denial is a part of it, and like not pushing and not accusing, um, not being confrontational. Confrontation never helps anybody in any situation, yeah. but somehow when someone thinks that someone is ill, they find they feel uh, I have experience where people think they have the license to then tell me what to do, and that's not what someone who needs to step into healing needs to hear, but you can politely nudge them in that direction. Would you like to speak to someone so you can figure this out, not fix you, not tell you what to do, not um give you a manual of how to behave, but mostly like there's something, it's safe to be a, 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 along the, the lines of something doesn't seem right. I'm recognizing that something doesn't seem right. And I would like to be your support system should you seek help. Mm-hmm. Let me help you. And sometimes that's actually going to the appointments with the person. Sometimes it's just making phone calls or appointments for them. Sometimes it's just saying that I'm here. If you If you don't go, if you go, I'm still here
0: yeah I mean what you're saying is literally just general how we should be for each other right (laughs) yeah mental illness or not we all have ups and downs we all have things that happen in our lives some are more intense than others but I think it's just so beautiful like how you just shared that and I think if we can show up for each other each and every day with hey I'm here
1: with love in hand
0: yeah, with love, without judging, without forcing your agenda on the other person. I think, I think that's so beautiful. And I think that that's just advice for, for anyone, but also when you are working with somebody who may have a mental health challenge in front of them, it's, it's all the more reason to be delicate with them and the situation, um, because their brain functions differently, you know, and so it's it's just working with them where where they're at. But I think I think that's so powerful. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So for our listeners, where can they get your book? And is there any last things you want to leave with them? You had so many great nuggets. So many. Well, thank you. Nuggets. Thank you. It is my hope with
1: this book. I think I've stepped on a platform to be able to speak about the issues that I'm passionate about, and that's advocating for mental health and sexual assault awareness. And we talked a lot more about mental health today. But it is because the heart of my writing, I, I write op-eds and blogs, and um, I've done numerous podcasts on that same platform of living a life that you imagined, which is possible through healing and the faith in the unknown. And it's okay not to know the way. It's okay not to know how to get there. But trust the process and have faith that um, that light is there. You just have to kind of waddle your way to it.
0: Mm -hmm. You said, yeah, yeah, find your way to yourself. You're like, never give up hope. I remember you saying that. That's Yeah. yeah.
1: I I think that's the easiest thing to do is give up hope in yourself when things become difficult and um, things seem grim and dark or doesn't go our way, but remembering that there is always hope. That's, that's, my whole, that's my whole message that I want people to take away if they ever listen to me speak or if they ever read my book, is that there is hope in a dimly lit path if you would give it a chance and be there for it, and that, that life that you imagined is there. So my book is available anywhere books are sold. Of course, the favorite is Amazon. People love Amazon, uh, but you can also buy it on bookshop.org. If you're in Canada, on Indigo, um, Thrift Books. It's even available on Target and Walmart and anywhere. Basically, anywhere that you can buy books, it's available. If you want a signed copy, then go onto my website where I also blog. It's called ameliazachary.com and you can get a signed copy there.
0: Yes. And for all the listeners out there, as a published author, when you order it from our website directly, I don't know about your situation, but it it definitely benefits the author a lot more. (laughs) So anyone listening, be so kind to go to Amelia's website and order her book. And, you know, and this is this is a good book to gift to someone as well, I think, you know, and it can be that gentle support that you give someone by just gifting them this book, letting them know that you heard Amelia speak on a podcast and this spoke to you and you thought of them and you just wanted to support them. And, you know, I think this is, this is a powerful book and it's a powerful tool. And this is where I love chatting with other authors because they've are, they've gone through so much and they packaged it in this beautiful book to help you have just maybe a few a few less missteps along the way, right So we can always learn from each other and support each other. So Amelia, I appreciate you. thank you for being so brave and sharing your story and you know we just kind of scratched the surface today but I hope that everyone will go grab your book and get to know you a little bit deeper and thank you for bringing awareness.
1: Thank you so much for having me and thank you so much for holding space for me today. I appreciate your kindness and grace today. Thank
0: you.